In this episode, we're doing a regional spotlight, focusing on the things that first home buyers need to know about buying in the south coast of New South Wales. We're talking from Wollongong all the way down to Batemans Bay. Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Local knowledge is so important when it comes to buying property. And today we're talking to a local expert who's going to share his tips on what first home buyers should be looking for and the mistakes that can be avoided in his area. Our guest buyer's agent is Matt Knight of Precium, which is based in Ulladulla. Thank you so much for joining us, Matt. Thanks, Veronica. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, before we get started, Matt, you cover such a wide area. Can you give us just a quick rundown of the key places uh, within the area and where you have specific local knowledge? Yeah, thanks, Megan. Look, it is a big patch um, and, you know, Australia is a big country and the tyranny of distance gets us once we're out of the capital cities. Mm. Um, But it's a fairly long, narrow stretch. So really, um, I don't do any buying activity in Sydney itself. Um, it's, it's obviously, you know, a specialised market unto itself, but from the northern suburbs of Wollongong, so we're talking about Austinmere, Thirul, uh, Coaldale, that's really the, 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 the primary northern edge of my patch. Mm. And then I buy through the Illawarra, down through the Kiama market into Berrie and Nowra, and down into the Shoalhaven through Mollymook, Ulladulla, Milton, and that regional uh, r- rural area down into Batemans Bay and Naruma. You must do some Ks every week. <laughs> D- don't, don't ask um, my mechanic what he thinks of me. I do a lot of Ks. Do you have two cars? Like uh, you can just have one in the shop on rotation? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, just no, changing no. the tyres every other week. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it's, 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 um, look, I love it. I actually love being on the road. And so a couple of days a week I'm on the road, but I also have a small team. So I, I do have inspectors, um, who work with me, um, when things get a little bit too hectic. So, oh, you know, we, we can cover a little bit more patch that way. Mm. Um, and yeah, just, just, um, just particularly look, um, being a surfer, occasionally there's a surfboard in the car when I'm doing inspections. So, uh-huh. you know, like <laughs> we, we, we can mix a little bit of business with pleasure. Fabulous. 
So we want to get to what first home buyers are actually buying in these areas, but I feel like we need to break it down into chunks because I would imagine there's local first home buyers and then there's also tree change first buyers coming out of, uh, first home yep. buyers, I should say, so coming out of, well, I would think, Sydney and Canberra and potentially mm, yep. even Melbourne. Um, yep. You know, so do we break it down into chunks of region or chunks of, you know, where the buyers yeah, are coming what, what from? What are you seeing? Are you seeing patterns? There are a few patterns and there are a few classic groupings of first home buyers. I would say that that one of those, you know, groups is obviously the locals and another group is is kind of a a Sydney corporate employee um who or a couple from Sydney who have decided or or, or you know found that they're priced out of Sydney. And for many of them at the moment, particularly for the last one to two years, they've been talking about the work from home scenario. So that whole sea change with a work from home component with a possibility of commuting back to Sydney one, two or three days a week mm. has become a very big um, piece of, of, the, of the clientele that I've been helping and certainly a classic kind of a first home buyer who I would, would imagine is, you know, a, a big segment of your, your listeners. Mm-hmm. And is there a geographical extent on that? I mean, does that sort of stop once you get as far south as now? How instance? far will people yeah. commute? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the answer you're going to love to hate is it depends. Um, <laughs> so, so basically I've had, I've had software coders buy into the Shoalhaven, so they've skipped Wollongong and gone all the way into the Shoalhaven because they've said, well, the boss only wants to see me once a fortnight or once Ooh, a week. Okay. And so I can code from home. And I'm happy just not talking to anyone. And so they can pick <laughs> they can pick the location based on, you know, proximity, even say like bombed areas where the train line ends. And it's a long train ride. You wouldn't want to do it every day from mm. Bombardier to Sydney, but there are people who are happy to do it once a week for a meeting. Mm. Um, Interesting, so that, isn't it? It's really changed the way that people are looking at the commute. Yeah. And there are Post-coded. others who are very much hugging your Thirul, Bulleye, or, or kind of those express train stations in the northern suburbs of Wollongong because they actually believe they're going to be commuting three, four, five days a week in the future. Um, for now, they're allowed to work from home the majority of the time, mm. but they're very much planning for a more regular commute. So there are people who are sticking to the express stops and the train line or the northern beach, the northern suburbs of Wollongong with a view to what the commute might look like in a year or two's time. And what's that doing to prices in those areas versus the other areas? Thirul and the northern suburbs of Wollongong have gone ballistic. So mm. um, there was an AFR article uh, probably eight weeks ago now, but um, Austin Mir, which is kind of ground zero, one suburb north of Thirul, very cute. Most I of the love homes Austin have a, <laughs> And it's got a couple of wonderful cafes, mm. a great beach, and you know a lot of the homes have a water view there. Uh, it did over 40% the 12 months in, in, mm. what? Huh? 40% capital growth from I believe it was February 2020 to February 2021 yep and for those of you who aren't familiar with these areas I mean mm. like on a on a good run you can actually get to the city driving in an hour from there on a really good run but I mean it's possible because it's not really that and when I say the city I'm talking Sydney um <laughs> yep. it's not that far away really I mean and it is a it's a beautiful stretch although it does have that big escarpment doesn't it yeah so it's very narrow it's it's constrained in the sense that you have the ocean and you have an escarpment which is a set of cliffs several hundred meters high and depending on where you are along that patch, th- there, there could be anything as little as two or three streets 
of houses Um, between the beach mm. and the escarpment. And as you head further south, it widens out a bit and there's more normal suburb-sized areas of land that have been developed. But these these are properties that would, the homes, the original cottages were built in the 60s when Mm -hmm. they started mining coal and when the BHP steelworks was happening. So there's these little cute cottages that have been renovated. There's a mixture of new homes, but it's very supply constrained. You can't build 20,000 new homes anywhere in that patch. Oh, we're going to touch on that in a minute because supply <laughs> is one of the things, of course, we teach first-time buyers to really think about um, when they're making some choices around property. But what are you seeing that first-time buyers are actually buying at the moment? Matt, what t- type of properties? I wouldn't imagine there's a lot of apartments down in the areas that you're purchasing in. There are a few uh, small, medium-density villa developments and and small blocks of flats, but realistically, 90% of, of the people I've been talking to to have been chasing freestanding homes. Mm-hmm. It's very much the dominant market. And if you think about it, uh, you know, a young family wanting to leave Sydney um, have half a mind on the backyard and the kids mm. and what might be coming, um, possibly having a baby or two. And, and so that, that lifestyle that people see the South Coast offering in terms of a beach lifestyle and a bit more family time, it very much seems to fit with having a backyard. Okay. And, and how much just general, I mean, this is, you know, the worst question that we get asked a lot, but what sort of money are people having to spend on, say, a two or three bedroom house with a backyard? So in that, in that really kind of um, popular northern beaches of Wollongong type market, um, we're looking at really quite high prices now in the best areas. So that Austinmere market, there's really no freestanding homes of quality that are selling under $2 million. Um, Thoreau Bulleye, you can still buy in the high ones, but it's a stretch. There's actually less stock than you would think. You know, you know, and I had a conversation a few days ago with someone who had a budget of, of 1.8, and when they described the home to me, I said, look, you're probably not going to be buying north of Winuna, which is another mm-hmm. suburb, two suburbs south of Thoreau. Obviously, prices dip fairly drastically as you head further south from Sydney. There's a little node around the University of Wollongong, Kiraville, which is very tightly held. So kind of prices fall down towards the the million mark. They dip up again 10 or 20% around the university, and then they fall fairly rapidly as you head south because it's Mm. some very um, much more working class suburbs. The southern half of the Illawarra historically is where the industrial estates are. It's where the steelworks is. So the feel is not the same, but it's very practical for families where where dad might be a tradesman or where there's people working locally as opposed to having to commute to Sydney. So that southern half of the Illawarra, you can still pick up a home in the sevens, eights and nines. Um, So well under a million dollars if that's what you're chasing. And what types of homes are they there? Because that's sort of, there's a lot more housing um, developments and new estates down there, right? Is that what you're talking about? In the southwest of of Dapto, which is kind of 20 minutes south from Wollongong CBD, there are new estates coming in, but they're not actually cheap because the developers are paying so much to develop that land mm. that you're talking about four or 500K for a block of land. And so the new homes in there are not the cheapest homes in the Illawarra. The original homes that are closer to the beach, to me, represent better value anyway, because they're closer to the train line, they're closer to the water, but that they are older housing stock. So in the southern suburbs <laughs> around the lake, we're talking about, say, 700,000 will get you a simple three-bedroom fibro dwelling on a 550-square-metre block of land. And if you have eight or 900, you can, you can be choosing from brick. You can get an extra 
couple of hundred square metres, have a bit more of a yard. That's really interesting. So you're basically mm. saying at the moment people are paying a premium for brand new in a location, well, we, which we would put two red crosses against. One is that location is further away from the train station and further away from the beach and the other red cross would be with less scarcity because there's obviously um, been more supply and the properties are sort of more similar to each other versus buying something that's older, daggier, clearly obviously needs some future work done to it, but on a big block of land closer to transport and closer to the coast. And yeah. long term, I would hazard there'll be a shift towards um, those properties actually being redeveloped and actually worth a lot more in the future. It would be my guess. Would that be fair? Yeah, that's my opinion. And look, people people who want the new housing stock for a fixed budget will chase will chase the shinier dwellings. But personally, I'm a fan of ugly homes that, that have potential. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know, fixer uppers are great, and they can offer great value. So I, I certainly encourage people who have a bit of a, a flexible mindset to consider an older home if it represents really you know great value. Mm, interesting. It's, it's a good point, actually, that, that you make. There's a difference between what first-home buyers are buying and what you recommend that they buy. And, and I, I hear in that little, that little snippet there, you, you, you're very much um, perhaps pointing people more to a better buying opportunity and, and better for their future if they do have an open mind around the older style house in a better location. Look, you know, people ask for an opinion, so I'm happy to give it. Obviously, I'm, you know, people have to believe and make a decision for themselves. So, as as buyers agents, we're not um, we're not forcing anyone to to choose a particular location or a particular housing type. We're working to a brief, so we're always asking what what do you you know what are they looking for, and and what is it that they're chasing. But you know, when people say, Matt, what do you think good value looks like? I'll show them. So going further south, so that's sort of at the around the Wollongong area. As we head further south, what do prices do, or what opportunities are there for first home buyers? So prices uh, counterintuitively go up again when you hit Kiama, which is the next major regional coastal town, and that's because Kiama has been attracting baby boomer retirees for decades. <laughs> mm -hmm, so yeah. way before COVID was a thing, boomers were retiring to Kiama, and prices have always been expensive. And so, yeah, you, you won't find any bargains there. Um, but as you head south, the next major regional town is Nowra. It's a little bit off the, off the beach on the river. It's a 25-minute drive out to the coast from there. And Nowra has a really long history of agriculture and um, also tourism, but particularly a naval base, which provides a really great stability to the employment and the service sector there. There's quite a lot of diverse money based around the naval base, the hospital, and, and kind of just, just the, the local CBD. Um, it, it certainly also has historically a bit of a, you know, for want of a better term, a bogan element, um, <laughs> but, it, but it's actually doing very well and there's a lot of infrastructure money being spent on the roads that are, that are heading to Nowra. They're rebuilding the bridge right now. So, so Nowra is the, the first affordable South Coast regional option for people. Whether you're a first home buyer who is flexible about where you can move to, or whether you're a, a rent vester, like a first home buyer that wants to start out by buying an investment property, mm -hmm. you can still buy a freestanding home in Nowra in the fives. Um, and look, if you wanted to chase a fibro in the worst street, you could probably do cheaper than that. I don't encourage it, 
But, you know, fives and sixes, you can still buy a freestanding home in Nowra. There's a lot of good quality stock and bigger homes that are selling in the sevens, eights and nines, but there are still things in that next price point down. And would someone commute, as, as you mentioned before, maybe once a week or, or once a fortnight? Is, is that still a commutable distance? Not every day, but... Are Not you every day, but, but if it was occasional, yes, that's happening. How, how so we're talking about a two-and-a-half-hour drive, three yeah, hours. So it's t- t- two hours to the southern fringe of Sydney, so mm. that Sutherland, Engadine, Sutherland, the Shire, um, be two hours to there and then add any distance on if you're going to um, hop a train and jump into the CBD. Mm. It's going to be a total of about a three-hour trip. Yeah. Each way. It's all relative, isn't it? You know, if someone's doing a 40-minute commute in Brisbane, they feel like they're, you know, wasting half their day. Uh, <laughs> so it's, and that's where local knowledge is so valuable because if I, you know, if I was looking down there, I, I'd, I'd have a particularly warped perspective of what is reasonable and what I should be looking at and, and, and where, you know, the value proposition sits. So your, your local knowledge is invaluable, Matt, and I, I, hope the, um, I hope our listeners are getting a lot out of it in, in that South Coast area. Um, what, what are some of the mistakes that can you we, see before, first? Can we, mm? before we get to mistakes, because mm. we've only got to Nara, we've got to go all the way down to Bateman's oh, We've got a little bit further yeah, to go. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens to prices as we keep there's going more. south? There's more, there's more. <laughs> so they, they, as you head south from Nara, they kick up again, the next major town being Ulladulla Mollymook. And Mollymook is also playground to the rich and famous and a lot of high-priced beach homes. So, you know, prices rise again dramatically from now to that, that next uh, major node down, which is about a 45-minute drive south from now. And then they do start to taper off. Batemans Bay is a little bit more affordable and has a bit more housing stock in the, in the fives and sixes compared to Mollymook, where you're looking at kind of eight, 900 plus for an entry level. And then... On the far south coast, it really depends that the, the, the population gets much smaller f- mm. as you head south from Batemans Bay. There are some beautiful, pristine coastal towns down there, but the drive times are so much longer. Yeah. And so you've got very high prices being paid for beachfront exclusive options because people mm. are chasing that sense of solitude. And then you've got some much more affordable homes um, as, you head, as you head inland or to a more of a generic housing stock. And you've got some beautiful inla- more inland um, towns like Milton and Tilba. I mean, there's some magical um, spots along there with some beautiful um, rolling hillside or rolling hills views and bush views and that sort of thing as well. So it's not just the actual coast. You've got close to the coast yeah. and some lovely towns. And historically, the patches that have good soil and that have high rainfall and that had dairy farming mm congregate around them so so yes your tilba your maruya your milton your jamboree yeah uh, your berry all of those patches um have attracted great gobs of north <laughs> sydney not yeah. i call it the, the black land rover brigade from north sydney yeah you know um and and people are buying small acreages between three and six million dollars left right and center in there yeah, they're beautiful. It's beautiful. I'd, I want to do it too. Um, I have to get a black Land Rover. Um, <laughs> so, so therefore, you know, like all of these areas, it's there's there for first home buyers. You're not going to be looking <laughs> generally not looking at that type of property. Um, Certainly not that close to the beach, and and that's maybe the the theme that we're hearing here is like anywhere closer to the beach, the higher the prices. If you want to get down into that south south coast area, you may be having to go a, a, across. The mountain ranges is that 
Yeah, my look, understanding I mean, the, the topography down there. Yeah, so so Nowra's inland, but it's not up the escarpment. So count mm. it's really counterintuitive, and the geography is quite unique. But when you head up the hill from Nowra, you're in Kangaroo Valley, yeah. and prices go through the Stunning. roof. Stunning. <laughs> and 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 Bower or Mossvale, the Southern mm. Highlands, are full of really pricey real estate. So going inland doesn't get you a bargain until you've hit Goulburn or better, you know. You, right. you know, and, and, and then so it's freezing really, in winter, so really It's freezing. a very different, yeah, very different climate, very different community. So, um, yeah, on the coast, anything that's 20 minutes off the beach will give you a bit of affordability without having to go over a mountain range. Okay. So there's some good opportunities in there, but I think that there's some really interesting points there around, yeah, skirting where the Sydney siders with money have typically bought their holiday homes. Um, and it wouldn't be just Sydney siders, I imagine Canberrans and some Melburnians as well. The further south you go, so you get it almost closer to Melbourne than you are to Sydney, but you are in no man's land. I think once you get down to Batemans Bay, Eden, that sort of that sort of area, you're a long drive from anywhere. And yep. and so for anyone to move there who's not already from that community knows that community that you know I, I encourage them if there's any possibility to rent before you buy to make <laughs> sure that 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 is exactly the yeah, right place like for you. Mm. Um, but the problem with that, and maybe we'll be leading into Megan's question earlier about mistakes, is that it's hard to get rental accommodation really anywhere in regional Australia at the moment. So. How do first home buyers, or what are some of those mistakes, and how do first home buyers avoid making them? Yeah, so I think that um, if you can spend time in a community, that's really good advice. Um, and when so I, my wife and I left Sydney, we grew up in Sydney and we left about 14 years ago, and we spent a year and a half in a rental property here before we built a home so and, and we had no regrets about doing that because when we first moved down we had a very different idea about what we thought we wanted and mm. the more time we spent here we realized that was probably a mistake for us so mm. spending time is great um, as you've said yes vacancy rates are at all-time lows on the south coast many of the coastal nodes are below one percent vacancy rate at the moment so is you there, are scrapping to a get a rental property is, yeah is that a theme that um, what we're seeing in Brisbane, a lot of investors are capitalising on the market growth and actually selling their investment properties and there aren't a lot of investors buying so the stock isn't being replenished. Are you seeing that kind of thing in, in that south, south um, in the, area in, as well? In the Shoalhaven, it actually happened before any of that occurred and it was actually to do with the bushfires. Mm. So we had, in the Shoalhaven, we had about 500 families displaced. Yeah. Mm. And they had... Obviously, to pro to, they had to manage an insurance claim to rebuild their home, but that takes a year or more. Mm -hmm. And so you've got 500 families immediately dumped into the rental market and there weren't 500 rental properties. Mm -hmm. So our vacancy rates went to zero after the bushfires. Mm -hmm. And they're only slowly coming. Those families are slowly finishing homes and coming back into their own home now. Mm -hmm. So we were tight before COVID hit. When COVID hit, a number of people fleeing the capital cities because they didn't like the idea of lockdown in a unit and they had a flexible job or they didn't need a job or they had enough capital to survive for a while, they took up anything that was left. So it's mm. just been very tight for about two, for 18 months, two years now. Any, anything on the horizon that indicates that's going to change? Are you seeing any investor activity down there? We are seeing investor activity as recently as probably two or three months ago, I would say that the investor phone calls started happening. Mm. So there are an increasing number of people considering investing on, on the coast now, which mm. should put a little bit of stock into that market. 
but we're talking fairly small volumes, I think, at this stage. And do a lot of investors sort of want to have their cake and eat it too by basically putting on the short-term rental market instead of the long-term rental market? On the beach, they do. So if people are buying, you know, two or three streets off the water in Kayama or in Mollymook or in Thoreau, many of them are airbnb those properties because they're getting a bigger return. Mm. And the demand for Airbnb stock is so high right now because nobody's traveling yep. overseas. Yeah. So that won't last. I, I see that as a short-term aberration in the market. Mm. And I think in fast forward a year or two, when it, uh, assuming that international travel becomes a thing that we can do again, um, <laughs> then I, I see that that Airbnb stuff will probably pull back um, to a more sustainable level. But once you're off the coast or in a more normal area, like a working class suburb of Wollongong or a normal part of a town like Nowra, um, there's not a great deal of Airbnb activity. It's just um, more of a long-term rental proposition. Okay. I took you off track there with the question around rentals, but I think it was a good conversation to have. But um, back to those mistakes. Uh, I think this is the third time we've asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us. What are some of the mistakes you're seeing people make? So when you move out of a capital city into a regional area that in our, in our coast, we have obviously great slabs of bush and national park. Um, we, we do have some pretty significant waterways and a fairly high average rainfall. Um, so the, the, the mistakes that I think people should start with as a, as a, as a educating yourself before you even um, rush out to, to put a contract on a property is about physical natural risk. So bushfire mm. zone, flood zone, mm. uh, geotech unstable. So I had a conversation with a first home buyer who wanted to buy the cheapest house in the rule last week and I said, right. do you know that that is very, very steep and that is geotech unstable and that there is, a, you know, I've already heard that there's major cracking in the foundations of that house. Wow. And, yeah. and they went, gee, we're glad we haven't gone and bought that yet. Ooh. So, so there, are, there are some physical risks that you need to consider when you're in a more natural environment. And, the, and that, mm, now, is that because of coal mining? Yeah. So, well, the escarpment is steep and it's because of the rain and the natural it can it can slide anyway mm. but yes there are also areas where coal mining has um has impacted certain parts of um but certain parts of that topography and you do need to be careful it's so, funny as a kid you know we used to go down because i grew up in the shire uh we used to go down to those those northern wollongong beaches you know and the family on a hot summer's evening afternoon and there's that that old road which has been superseded by the lovely what's that that lovely bridge cord i love so it mount, mount, mount usley has superseded bulli pass no no no, no the bridge that goes out over the ocean oh the sea cliff bridge, the sea yeah, cliff yeah, bridge. Yeah. thank you i couldn't think of the name of it before the sea cliff bridge there was the road that hugged the the escarpment and you know there was all those signs saying falling rocks do not stop no kid um yep. <laughs> but yep. as a kid you know you just think jesus it's it's a constant warning falling rocks like I should have a comma, do not stop. Um, but If you uh, drive the Seacliff Bridge now and look at that road, you will see how many falling rocks have actually hit that yes. original road and Ooh. it's really scary. Yeah, right? it's, it is. As that, yeah, that's the thing. I was like that memory in my mind. I looked looked that exact thing in my mind thinking, Jesus, just um, sheer luck. I think that no one was killed or maybe people yeah. were and we didn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so some lessons there, I guess, for people to pick up on is they really have to develop that local knowledge about what 
type of housing works in what areas and what kind of natural elements they need to be thinking about. Uh, you know, in Sydney, you, you're really only looking at, well, does, you know, does it flood? Really no questions about the soil quality or is there any sulphate or, or, or contamination or any, you know, any kind of underground mines or anything yeah. that might um, ne necessitate some further investigation. But what you're suggesting is if people don't know what they don't know, there could be a great depth of, of a number of mistakes that they could make, the least of which being a property that's structurally unsound um, that, that may not even come up in a building. You know, you can't rely on a building and pest inspection for these sorts of things, which is the natural yeah. elements. And so for me, what that practically looks like, and I guess if there is a tip to try and avoid that set of mistakes, when I'm researching properties, I will bring forward requesting a copy of the contract and the planning certificate. I was going to ask I, about that. Yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading 10.7 planning certificates every single day on properties I haven't even been inside yet because I don't want to waste time looking mm. at lemons. And you got a long way to drive to get to the lemon, so that yes. makes perfect sense. Now, yeah. And on that, and that is one of the things that we do cover in the course, the pay system, is is we do have a, a whole module on contracts and, and different states have different legislation and different re vendor disclosure requirements. And uh, New South Wales has probably the highest vendor disclosure requirement in the country and one of those documents is that zoning certificate, which is forms part of that contract. And there is, we do take you through if you want to do the course and you actually learn how to look at that and read that and what to look for in there. And it's a mar it's a gold mine of information, isn't it? It is. It is. Now, it's definitely now definitely worth people doing, even though those documents might look like they're full of jargon and they might read you know, they're, they're good bedtime reading, you know, they're quite dry documents. But, <laughs> Put you to sleep, but if you don't know what you're looking at. If you're and, going to understand what, what am I about to spend a million dollars on, it's really important. Yeah, 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 good point, well made. Um, but but knowing what that jargon means is an important one as well and, and, and sometimes spending a little bit of money for someone to explain so that when you do look at the, these sorts of documents can put you in a really superior position to someone who who might just, you know, throw it at their solicitor and and spend a bit of time and miss out on opportunities they don't know what they're looking at. Well, you yep. might throw it at the wrong solicitor because if you do, this is another reason where you talk about getting your support crew lined up and, and using a solicitor who understands local property, does a lot of local property conveyancing is really important. I would imagine, you know, if you sent that to a Sydney-based lawyer, they probably mm. would have no idea about any of that stuff. They might read it and get alarmed or they might read it and brush it off, not realising actually how critical it is in that area. Of it. Mm. Yeah. Have you come across anything crazy recently in your marketplace? Crazy how? You just tell us. <laughs> Something that, you know, you know, every now and then you, you're sitting there and you just go, what just happened? What were they thinking? WTF. Oh, look, so um, I've had, in terms of, I, I don't know if this is crazy um, by your guys' definition, but I've had situations where we've been trying to buy homes in the northern beaches of Wollongong and we've, had you know if i've had say for example i've had a few aussie expat clients so young couples currently working in london or singapore wanting to get home because of covid mm. um wanting to buy their take their capital and buy their first home here um and and i'll i can get them a solicitor review and a building and pest and all that stuff done within 24 hours so we're ready to buy um but they have been beaten to the table by someone who bought the property for the same and we're talking about two million dollar homes 
where someone who buys sight unseen mm. by someone who buys without a building report mm. and who hasn't even you know confirmed that their finance is ready. Now, maybe they're confident on finance. I don't know them. But if you're buying sight unseen, you haven't been inside a house and without a building report, to me, that's reckless. So yes. um, that's happened. That's happened. Yeah, that's crazy. Several. I've seen it that happen is- too. Absolutely, and it's and it's that complete fear of missing out and overconfidence. Yeah. Um. And and it's really alarming that people aren't at least getting a buyer's agent to run their eye over over things and advise if there's any red flags that need to be considered. Yeah. In terms of in terms of just general education, there's been one or two agents locally who will remain nameless who've been consistently quoting a certain figure for an auction guide on properties. And I've had excited clients ring up asking me to go and bid for them. I said, you know, that property will sell 300K above what you're thinking it is. Mm. And they'll say, what, why? And I said, well, here's the last five results from that agent. And here's what they guided. And here's what it sold for. So underquoting is, you know, certainly a thing that's in every market at the moment. And Surely it's not, Matt. Coast. I mean, no, can't be happening. It's illegal. <laughs> yep. Oh, dear. We need to do a whole episode on underquoting, I think. <laughs> well, it's different in different states too because, of course, you can't quote anything in Queensland mm. uh, and there's certain laws and regulations around the, uh, the the way that you can quote in New South Wales and Victoria and, and we often debate the fact that as long as the reserve was within that quoted range, then it's the market that takes it well above and, and is that underquoting or is that just market madness? Um, but if you if you see a pattern with a particular person, um, then you start to get a little bit suspicious, don't you? Yeah. yeah, and it is that's that's crazy in the in the sense that buyers just actually when, since when do buyers believe what agents say? <laughs> it's like wishful thinking, isn't it? Really, it's like oh sure. <laughs> yeah, you you need to verify the information, and 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 obviously people going to you is the right pathway to go to make sure they're not spending money on building and pest inspections and getting their hopes up for auctions that are way out of their budget. And recent sales, and I think that that's the thing. If anyone's been on our website, we've got that little free course there, the free mini course, how to price a property. You can get the link in the show notes, and. <laughs> It's, it's even, a, even in a rising market, the, the most recent sales are still the best piece of data you can have. Yeah, they yes, are. Ma'am. And you yep. might add a bit of a premium to them for, for the rising, but absolutely 100% agree with you, Matt, because people are still wish, hoping that they're going to get a bargain. It's like there ain't no bargains out there at the moment, are there? It sounds like there's no bargains on the South Coast either. No, it doesn't, does it? I'm, I'm actually quite blown away with what the entry-level prices are along that, mm. that coastline. It, it it's been a real eye-opener for me and I've, I've really enjoyed hearing your local knowledge, Matt, and your local expertise and, and sharing that with, with us. Um, I've learned a lot today. <laughs> Veronica, I know you know that that area, at least from physically being there at different times, if not um, you know, have, having um, some exposure to it in childhood, which is, which is lovely. But Matt, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experience with our listeners. And, um, and of course, Anyone who wants to get access to some local knowledge, Matt's details will be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. 
Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff. Thank you.